Hello. Welcome to Offbeat Tracks. Hi. It's the dead of winter, and do you know what we're going to talk about today? It is the dead of winter. We are <laughs> coming to you from basically inside of a snow embankment right now. <laughs> it's... <laughs> By the way, I'm Danielle. I'm Max. Hello. Yeah, we are igloo people. Yes, this week we are igloo people coming to you live from inside a giant block of ice uh, to bring you episode 123 (laughs) of Offbeat Tracks. Um, to talk, uh, oddly enough, I just realized on the, like the coldest day we've had in a very long time, we're here to talk about the summer Olympics. Yes. So there you go. But I, but I found this thing, like it was like referenced in some article and like, it was just something everyone's supposed to know, like a totally normal thing that happens. And I was like, that is not a totally normal thing that happens. What is this? So we're going to talk about it now, even though it is January and not summer Olympic season. And also not 1984. Well, yeah, but. I just feel like this is a very, this should be a thematic thing, but I'm not waiting till summer 2020, Max. I respect that. People are going to need to feel warm today. And so this, this will be the thing to do it. So yeah, why don't you explain what this is? Because you came to me with this. I had never heard of this either, if that makes you feel better. I mean, ever since I thought of it, it like makes more sense now that, but when I first heard it, it didn't make any sense. So apparently 1984 Olympics, LA, you know, it's a very LA time musically to have the 1984 Olympics. So they're like, what the hell are you having, talking about? What does that mean? I don't know. Like to have like Olympic, I mean, music wise, like <laughs> it's a very L.A. T- what the hell did <laughs> you just know. say? I don't know. It's a very L.A. Why? time to have Why? musically. OK, anyway, yes, it's a very L.A. time to have musically in 1984. Go on. <laughs> this episode is canceled. Have a good day. Bye. <laughs> anyway, so 1984 Olympics. Yes. Yeah, okay, I'm going to do it this way then, so we don't talk about how L.A. it is, because that doesn't make any sense, you're correct. <laughs> like, I feel like we're in the Cold War here. We just came out of the 1980 Olympics in Moscow. Right. And they're bad, bad boys, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a very mature way of talking about the oops, about mm-hmm. the Cold War. But they're bad boys, and so we're like, we get to 1984 in L.A., and we're America, and we're cool, and we drive pop culture. So let's not just have the Olympics in L.A., let's make a compilation album of songs that'll be played during the cast that have themes for the sports in each thing <laughs> so we can I'm that's just, i'm just i'm enjoying listening to all of this, this okay is well great. here's the thing i have no idea there's like nothing on the internet about like whose idea this was yeah. or why it happened so here's well, that was, my theory <laughs> yeah please tell me because i i'll be honest I like know. i had never heard of such a thing existing well, and when you sent this to me so th- this is a compilation album as you'll see of artists who were popular mostly artists who were popular at the time in 1984 doing various olympic themes like for use during various events during the olympics and i was like is this a thing does this happen every time there's an olympics from what i can tell this is the number this is the first time and it's only happened i mean unless it was only released in certain countries where it is on american olympics so there was one in 96 i remember that as i thought about it more because i thought about other songs there was one in 96 i've I've, I've thought about other like songs that i associate with the olympics like i remembered um reach gloria stefan right i was thinking that i was like wait that was on the 96 album so what so was there an album though yes for atlanta 96 which we could which we could do yeah at some point but it's not as fun as this one and Gloria Stefan is much cooler when she's not doing reach higher. Well, agreed. Her. Yes. Yeah. So there was one, but this, from what I can tell, is the first. That like, you know, and I hadn't even thought about the whole like the Olympics being in Moscow in 1980, and that's a very interesting idea that this it was is the only thing like, I can come up with. an American backlash to that. That this does is, that does sound like us though. Exactly. Like so, we'd be petty like that. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> Yeah, we've got this album of, was it 10? Okay, yeah, I almost spoke before counting, yes, 10 songs. I don't know, I didn't remember. Um, (laughs) 
And uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about the the instrumental tracks on this first. Then we're going to kind of get into some. Well, I shouldn't say that. There we're going to talk. We'll say we're going to talk about the three like slightly more traditional tracks first, and then we'll discuss the uh, ones by the the <laughs> pop artists. So uh, I want to I want to start off because the very first track on the album is by a guy named Leo Arnold, and it's called Bugler's Dream from Charge Suite. And you've heard this a million times. We've ever watched the Olympics and you had You have heard this a million times, but I I, I actually looked up the backstory on this because Ooh. I had always assumed that this piece of music was just like an old 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 classical piece, but yeah. it's not. It is it was written in 1958. Really? And it was a commissioned track. This guy got hired and they were like, "Here, uh, this conductor named Felix Slatkin Great name. hired this guy, Leo Arnaud, who was a composer and and uh, writer and musician and whatnot, and said, hey, I want to commission um, you to make a piece for, for my suite that I'm working on, the Charge Suite. So Leo Arnold wrote Bugler's Dream. And then ABC took it, and they started using it during the 1964 Olympics in Innsbruck. And then ABC picked it up from there and used it on Wide World of Sports, which is probably where a lot of people heard it growing up. Yeah. And now, like, this is just a very, it's a it's a pop culture trope at this point to me. Like, you'll know this piece of music when we roll it here in a second. It's a very recognizable piece of music. But yeah. that's its history. I'd always assumed it that's, was really old, but it was only written in 1958. That's really cool. Right? I didn't, yeah, I just figured it was just a super old thing. I didn't even think to look into it. I'm just like, they just found this somewhere. Some old dead guy. That's what I figured. Uh, yeah, that's really cool. And it's, yeah, it is one of those things. Things that's like a lot of these are on TV where you just hear these songs all the time and they're the themes to shows and like the sports stuff and you never think mm-hmm. about it but you know them like you're like right you know it you know it and it's you never think about it and I never thought about it before this but this is a great album opener and I will point out that this should be an album this entire thing should be an album for sexy times it is like Whoa. an athletic it's a pop like, can you imagine, like, the prelude starting with... Does no one else have sex music uh, like that? <laughs> does, no one else, does no one else plan their Is that the real reason you're upset that no other albums like this have been made? You've, you've been using the same 1984 Olympic sex music album? <laughs> Your copy's just very worn out at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if I just ruined that song for you forever. So the John Williams piece that is on this album, um, it's called Olympic Fanfare and Theme. It, it's it's essentially kind of a reprise because it does incorporate the Bugler's Dream melody again. Um, but this one was specifically written for this Olympics. And this, Never knew that either. This yeah. music will sound familiar to you as well because NBC still uses this mm-hmm. piece of music. Uh, in their Olympics coverage. Yeah, and the way that they use it now is like the, uh, they like kind of hook the two together, Bugler's Dream and the, This one's Olympic titled Fanfare. Olympic Fanfare and Theme, by the way. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think so I said like that, what, sorry. What they do now in modern broadcasts, they'll like start it off. This is the one this John Williams one is like, it starts with boom, 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 boom. Right. Yeah, and then like what they'll usually do is they'll start off with the beginning of that one and then go into Bugler's Dream later. Like they'll weave them in so they sound like the same thing, but they're not. But I had no idea this was produced for this Olympics on this thing. This was the first original issue of this John Williams piece. And it's very... Olympic-y. Yeah. It's very Olympic. Yeah. Yeah. 
And just one more of kind of the modern classical pieces to discuss here by uh, Philip Glass, who a lot of like, you know, minimalist art douche bros know and love. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. I was trying to think <laughs> of a good way to word that, um, um, but you did He it. does the very last cut on this album is by him, and it's a, it's a piece of his entitled The Olympian, Lighting of the Torch. Yes. Which I guess, the, I, I don't know if the parentheses is technically like part of the title. Like they all have parenthetical yeah. um, additions on each of these titles. But I think maybe these are just indicated like which events that they were used for. I don't know that they were actually like part of the titles of, of the compositions. But it is noted for you on the album like which parts of the Olympics oh, these yeah. were associated with. Oh, yeah. So this was from The Lighting of the Torch. Um, it's just kind of a cool little piece with some synth organs. It's insanely dramatic composing. It's Philip Glass. If you like Philip Glass, here you go. So now we're going to go into the songs that are not by classically people, traditionally. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to go into our first athletic event, because you have to have a song for each athletic event, which I guess is good for TV broadcasts. Right. Keep them together. So in case you can't tell what you're watching, you can just know what song is playing. Um, anyway, so this is Team Sports, and this is A Jam and a Half, Lover Boys, Nothing's Gonna Stop You Now. Because we nothing is gonna stop you That's right. in team sports. <laughs> um, this is this song is so lover boy. It's so lover boy. It's so like I I would not care about this song if it were not on this. It's so lover boy. If you're looking for a lover boy, 1984, whatever. It's like they told them to write write the most lover boy song you can, lover boy, and then put it on this thing. Tell them that you're gonna win the game or whatever. And then they're like, here you go, in 10 minutes. I felt like this was a little bit of a reductive version of, uh, remember You're the Best? Oh my God, yeah. You're the be- <laughs> was, was it Karate Kid? Um, you're the best know. around. Yes, like, yeah, it it's is. kind of yeah. a reductive version well, yeah. of that. And I, like, I don't, it's just weird to me to think <laughs> that there was ever a moment in time that Loverboy was like an it band enough that's like, <laughs> all right, we got to get the biggest bands in the world for this Olympics album. Get Loverboy on the phone. <laughs> Just like, really? Okay. It's like what I talked about. Do they know it's Christmas and like how Bob Geldof would not do anything without the guy from Spandau Ballet? That was like exactly. a showstopper. <laughs> right. Who was like, we need Loverboy? And I just, and moreover, like, imagine it from the athlete's side, like trying to get pumped up. It's like, man, I got to get charged up. The strength of Mike Reno is going to get me through this team sports event. Like, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just not seeing that. It didn't age well. So this next one is the first one I listened to off of it, because if I'm looking at these artists, I'm going to be like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, Giorgio Moroder. Yeah. You're cool. skipping right to the Giorgio Moroder track. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah. So this is for track events, not field, but just track. Just track. We'll That's get right. to field. 
you field people out there. You know, you know what? You just you made an amazing observation that I didn't even notice that you very rarely see track and field separated in such a way. They're always yeah, mentioned together, but they are separated on this album. Oh my goodness. What happens? I did not even like, pick up on that. What happens for things like the decathlon where you have track and field? Interesting. Like I you know, <laughs> maybe I know. maybe there's a cro- like a DJ who crossfaded between the two songs. It's a mashup. It's, <laughs> it's a, a mashup. There you go. Um, yeah, that's exactly. They got a Ibanez in and, in, and De- oh, like that's right. doing some sampling shit. <laughs> So like, anyway, so we got George shout out Amaro to Kyle Ben for that one featuring. And I'm going to tell you this whole album, you don't think about this, but this has got Paul Ingman on it. And all of these songs to me are very push it to the limit. Oh, yes. And so they got but the guy. This, this from one, push especially, it to the though, limit. yes, this this one is the push it E to the limit. E is. And then you get Paul Ingman who did push it to the limit. Exactly. With, yeah. Because if you're Giorgio Moroder and it's 1984 and you need an upbeat sports theme. Who else would you call except Paul Ingeman? Maybe E.G. Daly. She would have been a good yeah. choice, too. But Paul, I mean, come on. Paul yeah, Ingeman so is going to push you right to the limit, baby. <laughs> if there's a limit, you'll be pushed to it. I also love that the the, the title of this is, is Reach Out. And I'm like, reach out. And then literally the first words of the song are just reach out. And I'm Doesn't like, for it? what? For the middle. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. Oh, also, in case you were not specific enough next is reach out for the gold that's right because you know it's paul we Benjamin, get more clear, specific. clearly not a relay race runner because i thought it was going to be like reach out for that little stick that they passed <laughs> that'd be great lyric <laughs> it's, yeah it's it's like it's almost like a parody of a song about it's god i love it so much Oh, I'm very excited to talk about this oh, one. Oh, I bet you are. I'm excited to hear you talk about this one. <laughs> well, now, when we think basketball, what do we think? <laughs> Music-wise. Yeah, first of all, why didn't they just get Curtis Blow's basketball as the basketball theme? They already had a perfectly good basketball <laughs> song that was just a few years old. They could have thrown that on this album. But I respect that they wanted all new songs. Cool. All originals. So they got this dude, Bob James. Okay? i had never heard of Bob James. And I'll tell you what. I... I'm a doofus and a bad person for that because I should know, but I should have known Bob James. Everyone should know Bob James. Uh-huh. So had you heard of this guy before? I've heard a little bit about Okay. Yeah. So Bob James is a jazz pianist and a composer. All right. But apparently beyond his, his cool avant-garde music, he is this massive influence in hip hop. Yeah. I had no idea. He's like one of the most sampled artists of all time. Um, he did a song called Nautilus that has been sampled by Eric B. and Rakim, Ghostface Killa, and Freddie Gibbs. And uh, I have a couple of, uh, we're going to do some audio clips here. Uh, you should recognize this one. This is his uh, little piece of his song, Sign of the Times. Recognize that? That is uh, Regulate by yeah. ORG and Nate Dog. And I know for sure you will recognize this one. This is the very beginning of his song, Take Me to the Mardi Gras. Check this out. Oh, boy, I love that title. There it is. God, perfect. It's Run DMC's Peter Piper, which, of course, later became Missy Elliott's Work It, or the end of it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's that's a Bob James song. Who knew? 
Yeah, he's got major hip hop cred for being the lamest looking dude ever. <laughs> so true. With the name Bob James. His name is Bob James, and he's this massive hip hop. Like, how do you not now, love that dude? But here's also in this basketball track does not sound like he's a massive hip hop influence. No, no, it doesn't. There is nothing about no. this that to me is not a like, good look, Bob. It's a. Uh, it's like. <laughs> I imagine when this is playing, and it's fine, it's like a little jazz thing that starts off with basketball dribbles. That's right. Clever, clever, just in case you didn't get it. <laughs> it's the only thing basketball Really driving about home it. the basketball yes, theme, yes. Yes, it's a basketball. Like, it just sounds like, you know, like you see old reels of, like, basketball players in the 1940s, like the big skinny white dudes, like, just jumping around. Like, that's what this sounds like to me. Like, that's what basketball looks like to him. And I'm like, well, it's uh, a... <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good point. That's, I guess, I guess Larry Bird was on the team, but... I don't think that's the norm. There's this guy, Michael Jordan, who's on there just started. It's probably going to change. Things. Might want to look him up, Bob. Yeah, I would I would compose more for Michael Jordan than Larry Bird. But you do you, Bob. You're good. swimming theme don't we because you can't yes. have now you're thinking who would be so good for swimming because that's a water sport who who probably spends a lot of time in the water who wrote who, a whole who song an, about who, sailing who is an elegant beautiful swimmer <laughs> get me christopher cross <laughs> like again i have to go back to what i was talking about with Loverboy. it is so weird to me to think that there was a time that christopher cross was famous i just <laughs> i weird, can't like right? my brain cannot process that but Anyway, I feel that way about a lot of things that started in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you listen to old charts from the 70s, you're just like, it wasn't even no just them. I mean, this. we as a society yeah. allowed Nicole Richie to happen. So just saying. Well, that's very And true. Heidi Montag. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that's it is a guilty pleasure. Yeah, that's okay. why. Any, but no one's guilty pleasure is Christopher Cross. <laughs> pick, pick the wrong artist for my audience here. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> no, so they get Christopher Cross because someone is stereotyped into songs that involve water. That's Christopher Cross. It's Christopher Cross. Yeah, but you know, the actual composition of this track, I, I did quite enjoy. It does, like, it. it sounds like waves and bubbles, and they, he very carefully, like, chose his little synth sounds, like... You know, it's it's, a, it's like, a swimming theme. But to me, that's what like Christopher Cross sounds like. Like, I don't enjoy it. I don't get it. No one should be listening to this. But I'm telling you what, I feel like I am on a boat. There was a chance for heaven. A chance for it. Not sure if we got there, <laughs> but the song is called A Chance for Heaven. So even he notes well, in I the title, he's like, man, I, I don't, I, this might work. I'm going to be real. It's very easy to die while swimming. It is very easy to drown. <laughs> so maybe that's what that means. Maybe it's actually a safety <laughs> precaution. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Christopher Cross. <laughs> Maybe he was like actually just super terrified of swimming and oh was God. just like so happy to have work that he couldn't bear to tell them that he like the idea of writing a swimming theme was cripplingly terrifying to him. I would make a whole movie about Christopher Cross being afraid to of swim. Water. Being afraid to swim and yet having to commissioned to write the swimming theme for the Olympics. No.
Okay, so do we need instrumental Toto in our lives? I don't know. And if do you're we? gonna pick, and if you're gonna pick a sport, instrumental Toto, which sounds like Toto just without a singer, you think that sounds like boxing to you? Yeah, very odd choice is, here. I mean, it, and I, you know, I mean, Toto was like a band. They were like an actual real band composed mm-hmm. of real musicians. Yeah, and I guess this is just a reminder of that. Because yeah, here we've got. A, a totally instrumental song by the band Toto. I don't know, but that's, ca- th- that's called Moody Do. Modido. Moody Do. That's one. It might be Moody. I was re- my brain was processing it I, as Moody. We don't know how to pronounce Moody-do. it because they didn't put any lyrics in it. Right. Exactly. Um, but actually, the title is Moody Do the Match. That's <laughs> I what it's called. To write that down. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, like, I kind of like it for a band trying to. I, take a moment to go hey remember that we're a real band this is a little it's i almost said lame i, don't, I really don't want to call it lame i'll just say i'll say it's tame how's that i will say also it's tame and i just thought about this too this was about the time that they were transitioning singers so i wonder if that's part of this because mm. i know that they got rid of what's his face oh, about yeah. this time and then 1985 they pick up with the guy who was in survivor for a minute you're right and uh, uh dave um Dave, uh, Dave, 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 I asked a question, I asked a question about Dave on, uh, when I hosted Triviality not long ago, (gasps) love the guys at Triviality, by the way, I just thought you were calling me Dave, you're like, (laughs) Dave, 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 (laughs) sorry, no, you're not Dave, that's a weird Um, stroke, Bickler, Dave Bickler, Dave Bickler, Uh, yeah, just came back to me, um, yes, I asked a question about Dave Bickler on the episode of Triviality that I hosted, by the way, if you like Trivia Podcast, check out our buds over at Triviality, they are great dudes, and everybody should listen to Triviality, it's a great show, um, yeah, this, I don't know, this song, though, it sort of sounds like a cheesy, like, 80s local news TV theme. I know, but which I totally love. I have a soft spot in my heart for this. That's why yeah, we're doing and this I don't know, album. like, because to me, like, that seems like something that I should totally, like, be, like, gaga over. But not really. This was it's just I okay. I get that. I get it. Now, this one, I do love. How do you not? This, I mean, this might be my favorite on the album now that I think mm. about it. I mean, it's it's Quincy Jones. This is the gymnastics theme, and it's called Grace. And where the other ones were so, um, I think a lot of these songs were very, were very structured. They were structured in a very rigid way. They were, they were clearly pop artists making pop songs. This is a composition. Okay, this is a guy, this is Quincy Jones, who's like, yeah, I produce music that is like fun to dance to and is, you know, crosses over to pop charts and whatnot. But at the end of the day, I'm a composer. Yeah. And and when you really just unleash Quincy Jones and let him do his thing, I mean, this is the kind of stuff you get. And this is really, really good stuff. It's unbelievable. It's really like at first I was just kind of like, I don't get it. But then as it goes on, I'm like, hell, I do kind of want to twirl right Right. now. And like it's it is grace. (laughs) It sounds like grace. Exactly. And it's, I don't, it's, it's really good. And it's for, I didn't expect to like it from the beginning, but it really molds into like, you just realize how perfect it is. And also little tidbit, the B side on We Are The World, seven inch. 
Oh my gosh, it is. Uh-huh. I didn't even think about and that. And it's probably one of those things that people have like heard and been like, where is this from? Why is this here? Holy cow, it's you're this. so they right. stuck this on the B-side of We Are The World 7-inch. How seven funny. Inch. Something I noticed because I was going through my 45s. I didn't even notice it in research because I was just like on the song. I just figured it was this one-off song. And I was going through my 45s looking through them the other day. And there was We Are The World. And I picked it up and I saw Grace first when I picked it up. And I was like, how the hell do I have this? Who bought this? And then I was like, oh my God. That, yeah. Wow. Good yeah. call. So I go. totally forgot about that. I um, almost did. It's about to get super 80s again. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Yeah, I love this one. How do you not? Like, I don't want to love it. It's Bill Conti, who's a human being. Um, (laughs) He's a composer. He is a composer. He He, did Gonna um, Fly now from Rocky. He did. He did all the music from, uh, he scored Rocky 1 through 3, and he did the 2006 movie Rocky Balboa as well. He did the James Bond film uh, For Your Eyes Only. He did the TV series Dynasty. He won an Oscar. He won an Academy Award for The Right Stuff, and... Most importantly, he did the theme from American Gladiators. Oh, my God. I didn't even read that much that far into it. So it makes perfect sense that the guy who would go on to do American Gladiators, you hire him to do the power sports theme. Which is what, like, like weightlifting? Not that I'm thinking about it, though, because he did all the Rocky music. To me, power sports means NASCAR, because you got an engine. Right. I was going to get there in a sec, but it just occurred to me. I have to just note, why, if he did all the music from Rocky, why did they not let him do the boxing thing? I thought that, too. Anyway. It's fine. um, Yeah, I don't know why that didn't occur to me until now. Toto had... I don't know, dibs. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, they, bo- maybe they boxed for it. It was this one guy versus all of Toto. <laughs> listen, I, listen, if I saw Dave Bickler coming at me, anyway, yeah, I'd run the other we really way, too. We could just make a movie of tiny I'd be right. All right, of all, all right, Bickler, it's all yours. All right, Bickler. Um, so, yeah, the the power, you know, what's the, what is power sports? Because I, I tried to look this up, too. And I feel like, or it could be something that Google it was, was not helpful. and now they use a different word. I feel like it has to be, the only things I can think of that make sense that aren't covered in the other things are maybe like weightlifting. That's what I thought, too. I mean, it has to be some kind of weightlifting. Or like uh, wrestling. Maybe. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it could be wrestling, like, yeah. I feel like they're all, they all take place in the same gym, it looks like, when I watch the Olympics. But the song is called Power, and it is some serious, like, 80s workout gym yeah, goodness. Yeah, like, it's like that. The drum machines are here, like... It's, it's it's it is 80s, man. It sounds like one of those songs in like a movie of like some sort of like working out montage or yeah. training montage. <laughs> exactly. That like doesn't exactly. end up on the soundtrack, but you're just like, that's the song you remember the whole time and you have to look for it. There's one like that and like the running man that I had to like look up one day. And I was like, <laughs> how is that not there? That's the best thing I've heard. And then, yeah, that's what it sounds like. And it's so good. It's such good bass. I guess we had to have Foreigner. Why not? Except the best part of Foreigner is not in this because it's another instrumental. Who wants instrumental Foreigner? 
Like, that's, I need again, Lou that's, Graham that's, that's taking me saying. somewhere. Like, that's what I'm saying, too. Like, why? Yeah. So here's Foreigner Street Thunder. Street Thunder. Marathon. The marathon, yes. And also, this I could never imagine running an actual marathon to this song. <laughs> could you imagine running, like, they, if you do, like, a four-hour four, four hour marathon, four hours of this on, on loop, how would that make you feel? When I did my first uh, mini-marathon, I remember I specifically listened to Stacey Q's Nights Like This album for, like, the first... You know, however long that album is. So the first 45 minutes I was running, I that was that was the only thing to keep my my brain in the zone. And then I, I think I turned on Freeze Pop's brain power as I was crossing the finish line. That was like my when I turned made the last turn on a main street and was going to run down the finish line. But yeah, I don't know. I, I no can't street see. Thunder. No, no street thunder. Maybe if I'd known about it at the time. I doubt um, it. They did sneak a little bit of vocal action here, though, with uh, some synthesized vocal effects that yeah. are pretty cool. But it's I mean, it's but yeah, fine. again, like I get having toto do an instrumental song to go oh yeah toto's a band but foreigner is anybody really thinking of foreigner as like wow that's a band that changed music <laughs> like kind of like, no uh, no disrespect to foreigner but I, I enjoy foreigner and i think that this sure, actually any- could be a really fun song if you put like some really good like some like lou graham vocals on top of it that would be mm. totally i mean it would be a good little pop song it has potential but this i'm just like i'm not running to this <laughs> this is not we could do so much. Pointer Sisters. Give me the Pointer Sisters. We got it. Now, for all you field people from earlier, here we go. We got your field theme. And boy, are you yes, going to be so... we had track. <laughs> we and we have, now we have field. Now we have our field. And you're going to be excited. Because yes. this is probably my favorite one. Yeah, this is overall. my second favorite behind the Like Quincy Herbie Jones. Hancock. If you're talking about really cool composery people from the 80s who can do whatever the hell they want and it's fine, we're going to put Herbie Hancock in here with a song called Junku? Junku? Junku, probably. Junku? Anyway, it's a made-up word, and it's for field, and it's yeah, the I bomb. Actually, I tried to look it up to see if like it was a word that meant something, but I could not uh, find anything because that's Herbie Hancock references. Um, Herbie Hancock is a straight-up genius. I mean, there's yeah, just no way around that. This dude is a musical genius. Yeah, and it's, and, and it's here, too. There are videos you should definitely look up on YouTube of Herbie Hancock in his studio working with synthesizers and just watching this guy work. I mean, it is like watching Da Vinci. He is incredible. And... This is like right in the heart of his super synthy like era. Yeah. Like the, rocket the rocket era. Or, yeah. The future shock era, if you will. Um, but what was interesting about this one is that there is a slight like acoustic tinge to it because there there is a plucked instrument on this. I'm not sure what it is, but there is some sort of plucked string instrument happening on this album or on this song rather. And there's also like a like a xylophone or a marimba or a glockenspiel. I don't I never can differentiate between those from from the audio um but it's interesting to have that super synthesized sound with just a couple of acoustic instruments layered in there it's very cool and it just adds like the perfect finesse to this song and it's it's wonderful
So in conclusion on this, um, I actually had this written down for my conclusion of this album, and you just alluded to it out of nowhere like a couple minutes ago. Where are the damn Pointer Sisters? Why is <laughs> That's Jump, really funny. Why yeah. is Jump For My Love I think it's not because, on this album? I think it's because the Pointer Sisters. That's when I think of like yeah. eighty early, like 1984, like Jim pumping up workout music, like the first song anybody should think of is the Pointer Sisters Jump For My Love. Exactly. Where is that song? I completely agree with you. If you That's... look up the music video, they even have like footage of Olympics people doing Olympic things. Where's the song, guys? Yeah, I think that it is begging for that kind of a thing. It's I don't I don't know what to think about this album. If it works, if it doesn't, what they should have done is oh, a I think it totally works. I mean, I love it because I love little weird novelty. How the hell did this happen? Kind of a thing, you know, that comes out of nowhere with all these. I think songs I'm from- a, I'm a little bit bummed that this isn't like a regular thing now because it seems like it would be a very cool. Um, just like snapshot of pop culture to have. It really for is. Each, you know, the, like it's an Olympiad is a good like time frame to go, okay, well, let's snap pop culture here. And now, okay, now it's been four years. Let's snap it again. Like it just, it makes sense to me. And it, it kind of makes me sad that this isn't like an actual Olympic tradition, but I think it should be. I think it should be. And we get another LA Olympics in 2028. What do you think is going to happen? There you go. Probably do a Lipa's kid at that point. <laughs> do a Lipa's kid. <laughs> I don't know what the kids are listening to. I'm already like 10 years earlier. Do you like, understand that if Dua Lipa has a child right now that, uh, you know, it would only be nine years old? I mean, unless we have like a Jordy situation. I think, well, okay, good point. Also, I didn't realize that 2028 was a lot closer than I thought it is yeah. now. Now I'm going to have a midlife crisis on the air. Okay. Well, while Danielle has her <laughs> midlife crisis, you can uh, spend your time listening to all of our old episodes on our website, which is offbeattrackscast.com. And you can tweet us, trolls, at offbeattracks. <laughs> we don't get tweeted by trolls. We Just don't. nice people. Yes. But yes, please tweet us. The tweet. nicest trolls, if so. You're not trolling hard please enough. Please tweet us and uh, tell us who you think should be on uh, yeah. a, a an Olympiad album for the next Olympics. <laughs> so yeah. I would love to hear that. Oh my God, totally. All right, until next time, I'm Max. I'm Danielle. See ya. See ya.